Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 20 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to be looking at verse 8. Revelation 21, 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now God in the previous verse, has uh, made reference to those that shall overcome and inherit all things. And that would be to the elect. And so he's contrasting that with the rest of mankind, all the unsafe people of the earth. And they are being described in this way as fearful, unbelieving, abominable, and so forth. And we see that this is a list of sin. That to be uh, unbelieving, that's, that's a sin. God commands to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. To be a murderer, of course, is a sin. To be a whoremonger it is a sin. A sorcerer goes against the commandments of God and therefore is a sin or an idolater. Um, were to worship only God himself, that's a sin. And to lie is a sin. God would have every man to speak the truth. We're fairly well acquainted with uh, most of the evil things that God is listing in verse 8. Except for a couple that I thought it would be good for us to look at. And, and also since we don't have a great amount of time left uh, before October 7th comes. And we would like to finish our study in the book of Revelation uh we're we're just going to look at a couple of the things that are listed. We'll look at fearful and abominable. And um the 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 others uh, we're again fairly familiar with what it is to be an idolater or a liar or a murderer and so forth. But uh, abominable is a word that's related to abomination. It it's the word for instance where God speaks of the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. In Matthew 24, that's the related word. And and so uh, here, though, the Lord is speaking of man, people that are fearful, and people that are unbelieving, and people that are abominable. So we'll, uh, we'll take a closer look at that word, and also fearful. And I wanted to look at fearful... Uh, a little closer because it's it's a complex um, topic in the Bible. You, when we think of uh, being fearful, there is a good fearfulness that the Bible encourages and commands, and there is a bad fearfulness. And in this case, since it's included with these other things, it it's definitely a bad thing. It's a sinful thing to be fearful. And yet, 
Uh, we know, for instance, that the Bible says in Proverbs 1, in Proverbs 1, verse 7, and this is just one of many verses that we could go to that say a similar thing. The fear of Jehovah is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Or, if we go to Jeremiah chapter 5, it says in verse 22, Fear ye not me, saith Jehovah, will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail? Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone, neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear Jehovah our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. And, and in these verses, God is saying that it's uh, people do not fear him. And and remember, the, the Bible does tell us that as far as the unsaved individual, there is no fear of God in their eyes. Man does not fear God, as Proverbs 1 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or the fear of the Lord leads to a departure from evil. And that's the big way that men do not fear God. They, they hear what the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. They hear God speak of Judgment Day, and and they hear about Judgment Day as all the world heard proclaim May 21, 2011, the appointed day of judgment. Yes, they feared in a certain sense, uh, maybe more a sense of uh, anxiousness or or a, a turmoil of mind, a disturbance of their thoughts, of their inner being, but they did not fear in the sense of repentance and leaving their sins and and having the the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. No, that's not the nature of fallen man. And that's why um, it's necessary for God to do the work of saving because man will not and cannot um, obey and and uh, uh, repent and turn from their sins and and will not do that at all without God interceding and performing the work on their behalf. But God commands to fear. It's a good thing that he be feared, but it's not a good thing that um, anyone else than God be feared. And when we read in our verse in Revelation 21, verse 8, that the fearful are going to have their part in the lake of fire, well, they have broken the law of God because God has commanded in many places, fear not. Um, and, and then he'll speak of an enemy or fear not um, this one or that one. And uh, well, let, let's take a look at some of those verses. God says in Psalm 56, in verse 4, In God I will praise his word, 
In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Or in uh, Isaiah chapter 51, it says in verse 7, Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings, for the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool, but my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Fear not the reproach of men. Fear not flesh. Uh, it says in Second Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 35, with whom Jehovah had made a covenant and charged them, saying, Ye shall not fear other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But Jehovah, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a stretched out arm, him shall ye fear, and him shall ye worship, and to him shall ye do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment, which he wrote for you, ye shall observe to do forevermore, and shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you ye shall not forget, neither shall ye fear other gods. But Jehovah your God ye shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. Howbeit they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So Israel of old feared other gods. And fear, again, um, is related to an adherence or obedience to the commandments of God. If we fear God, we will be moved by that spirit he has given us to do his will, to keep his commandments. And will be afraid if we fail to keep his commandments. Fear ye not me, God said in Jeremiah 5.22. And, and when uh, the appointed day of judgment is proclaimed and announced to all the world, at that time God demanded repentance from all those that heard and the whole world heard Time to turn from your sins because there is an appointed day of judgment. But they feared not him. The trumpet was blown. Who will but fear? Or who can but fear? It says in Amos 3. And, and yet man has no fear of God in their eyes. And, and God, um, says, well, um, to, to his people, do not fear flesh. Do not fear the reproach of men. Do not fear other gods. You're, you're not to serve other gods. And another god, um, it doesn't have to be an idol carved of wood and decked with gold and silver or made of stone. Those are the ancient types of other gods. And, and they were idols. But today, men make gods out of doctrine, 
in churches and they set them up in a confession or a creed or in some teaching that a theologian made and and wrote it down in a commentary and these are the gods of the churches and and you must obey their gods and or else you can't be a presbyterian or else you can't be a lutheran or a catholic you must obey the idols of the church while god says no do not fear other gods and he commanded his people come out of the churches or in the world they they establish their idols today and it's an idol made out of the mind of men of evolution or an idol made out of the mind of men concerning morality that that it's a good thing that uh, two men marry or two women marry or have um, relations with one another. Well, the Bible says not so, not so. It's an abomination, as as many sins are called abomination in the Bible. But the sin of homosexuality is called an abomination. We'll look at that when we take a closer look at that other word, abominable. And yet here we have... Um, the the two positions put forth the position of God's word in the Bible that uh, marriage is between a, a man and a woman who are qualified, never been married or are not currently divorced to a living spouse and and only between a man and a woman and the new morality pushed forth by the world out of the minds of men carved fresh a fresh idol that is set up, and now you must bow down. You must obey what we say, or else what? You'll be reviled. You'll be reviled. And that's what God said again. This is a, actually a very important verse in Isaiah 51, 7. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law, Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. And this is the threat that men hold. It is uh, how they get others to bow the knee, uh, to submit to their will and to their idol, uh, that was what King Nebuchadnezzar did when he carved an image of gold and he had proclaimed throughout the whole kingdom of Babylon and in that uh, particular biblical teaching in the book of Daniel uh, was uh, pertinent and uh, and taught us about the great tribulation period. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar, a type of Satan, had an image made, decked with gold and Everyone in the kingdom was commanded to bow the knee. Bow the knee. You must obey. And if you don't, there was a threat. And the threat was that you will be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace and and you'll be destroyed. And everyone in Babylon bowed the knee. And that tells us the character of the people of the world is they fear. They fear 
the, the things they don't know, like the deeper spiritual forces of Satan, but they fear other men. They fear for their life. And they fear the reproach of men, the revilings of men. They fear being um, afflicted by the tongue of other people. They, they don't want to be the object of ridicule. They don't want to be the one that is looked down upon and despised and spoken evil of and and, and it's a fearful thing to them. Man uh, naturally wants uh, to be liked and and he he wants to um, fit in and and to be a part of the whole of society of other people and uh, the idea that that the majority of people, the majority of people will will look, um, unpleasantly towards them and actually speak badly of them and and to revile them as was the case after May 21 2011 when when the church and the world in unison they uh, they laughed and mocked and scorned and ridiculed the people of God that had proclaimed to them with uh, absolute uh, clarity that May 21, 2011 would be Judgment Day. And and now there was all this scorn heaped upon those that, that said these things in confusion. And it frightened a good many people. It frightened a good many people that previously held to these understandings. They had never experienced anything like that. Of course, none of us had. But but it really hit home with some of them because it touched on something important within them. And that is, within the true child of God, God has given a certain spirit. And uh, he tells us about this in Second Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says in verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, and that would only refer to the elect. The elect do not have a spirit of fear. God also says in Psalm 34, in Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought Jehovah, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Again, that that is speaking of the elect. Or in Isaiah 41, it says in verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. 
For I, Jehovah thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith Jehovah, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. God commands his people and tells them, Fear not. And then he gives them a spirit uh, he's, uh, that is not a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. And he delivers his people from fear. Do they, do they still fear or can they fear? Of course they can fear. Just like, uh, anything else for an instant or for a moment or, or, uh, as David committed murder, so too could a child of God fear man, um, uh, on an occasion. Uh, or or fear people uh, at, in a certain situation, but it's a sinful thing, and yet, overall, they will not live in that fear of man. They will not continue in that sin, like David did not continue to be a murderer, or, or any sin. A child of God might fall into a sin in taking their eyes off Christ, but then they return to the Lord because the Lord brings them back, and they realize, oh, I have nothing to fear from man. What do I care what what the people of this world thinks or what the world's attitude is towards me, if the world revile me, if the world think less of me? Take a look at the world. Just, just consider the source. Does it matter if a world that is insane thinks that you're insane? Does it matter if a world that is uh, uh, given over to such evil thinks that you're bad? Of course it doesn't matter. The world itself is the problem. It's not the individual child of God. It's not what we hold to. Everything in the world practically is acceptable with the world except the truth of the Bible. And why should I be concerned about what the world thinks, what their view of me is, that they think that I'm a heretic. They don't even know what a heretic is. They have no idea what the truth of the Bible is. Oh, but what of the church? What if the church thinks I'm a heretic? What if the church um, says that I teach heresy or believe or hold to heresy? Well, so what? The church today has no idea what the truth is or where the truth is. They stumble around in the dark. They're trying to feel for the door and they can't even find it. It's a church in total darkness, an apostate church, a church that doesn't have anything right practically. And and so what does it matter what their opinion is of me, the child of God? It it doesn't matter at all. And that's why God says in Isaiah chapter 2, in verse 22, Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? What does it matter what a man, a mere creature, in, in his best day, in... in the, his most glorious state, he's just a little tiny creature, fallen creature, that was made in the image of God, 
He has breath in his nostrils that God gave him, and he has a little tiny finite puny mind that that um, it often is set against God and his way. And you're going to elevate and you're going to esteem and you're going to hold up the the um, fear of man. You're going to submit yourself to um, the to ways and doings that are in line with what man wants you to do rather than God, the almighty, the everlasting God who created that man and and these aren't even good men. They're bad men. They're, they're men with hearts of stone that are deceitful and desperately wicked. And here we are, uh, e- even for a second. How could we? How could we uh, fear for a second? What is their judgment? What is it to be reviled by man? The judgment of men. The Apostle Paul was moved by God to write, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and he was a man that experienced much reviling and reproach from uh, the church of old and men of old. He says in 1 Corinthians 4, in verse 3, But with me is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. The Lord is the judge. Man may act wrongfully, sinfully, and place himself in the position of God and point the finger and judge a child of God. That God says, oh, there's no condemnation for that individual. There, there is no wrath for that one. And, and man comes pointing his finger and condemning and in wrath judging someone God has not judged. And, and what is that judgment? It's a very small thing. Maybe it'll have an impact. Maybe it'll trouble us for a day or two. Rather than the eternal judgment of the eternal God, well that, that's what ought to be feared. And remember, that's exactly what God says in uh, many places. Let's look at a couple. In Isaiah chapter 8, it says in um, verse 11, For Jehovah spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify Jehovah of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. There God is contrasting the fear of man and uh, the fear of himself. And of course, uh, it's obvious when we think about it um, at all, we realize that it's nothing but foolishness to uh, to fear man even for a second, to allow mankind to impact us, to fear our wife, for instance, and and not leave the church because we fear our wife. We fear the threat of divorce. 
Well, God says, oh no, oh no, that's no excuse. That's fear of man. And you are to fear me, not your wife. Or to fear, uh, I'm going to lose my job if, if I don't work on Sunday. And God says, oh no, that's no excuse. Do not fear the consequences of obeying my law. That is, do not fear what man can do against you because you were faithful to the commandment to remove your foot from my holy day. It's no excuse. We're bound, we're, we're responsible to fear God. And God says that we're to share these things and feed the sheep. And, oh, but we were reviled. And we were uh, ridiculed by the world. And I don't want to go back out there into the public eye. Well, fear not man. Uh, who is Who is man that you are afraid of him? As it says in Matthew chapter 10, in verse um, 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.